I always get really nice feedback. But in terms of directly getting sales through, it just doesn't seem to really happen. Rachel Bloomfield is posting consistently on the Instagram account for her product-based business, Happy Cat Kids. But she's not getting the kind of results she feels she deserves. People always say to me, oh, I love that. I love watching that video. They'll always comment on some posts that they've seen of mine. Or don't get that thing where you see an influx of, of people looking at that, that particular toy. I just don't seem to get that same follow through. In this coaching interview, I help Rachel uncover why her social media content isn't generating enough sales for her business. And the reasons may surprise you. You'll learn why you do need to care about your Instagram aesthetic. And no, that doesn't mean your grid has to look pretty. What business owners should be posting about to attract their ideal customers and the type of content that works best for different spaces on Instagram, including reels and stories. You'll also hear why it's vital to understand the values that drive you and your business and communicate that with your customers. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to offend anybody. But then at the same time, I think if we all go around worrying too much, then we don't say anything and then that's worse. While Rachel has a product-based business, all the strategies I share are applicable to a service-based business owner who needs to grow on Instagram. So please don't stop listening because you think it's not relevant to your business. It absolutely is. You're listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. I'm Janet Murray, and I love helping coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs create super engaging content that generates leads and sales for their businesses. No one starts a business and just knows how to create engaging content. It's a skill that has to be learned and practiced. And there's always something new to learn, no matter how long you've been in business. And I know running an online business can feel messy. Perfectionism, fear, self-doubt, and other mindset stuff can stop you showing up online in the way that's best for you. So you'll get help with that too. Ready to get courageous with your content? Let's get started. So what made you want to sell children's toys? So I have always loved choosing birthday gifts for people. Like I know loads of people hate it, but I've always really loved it. And especially for kids, I I really get quite a buzz out of finding things that are a little bit different or finding things that I know that the recipient's going to love. When my youngest child was starting at preschool and I found myself a little bit more time on my hands, I knew I wanted to start work for myself. I wanted to start my own business. And so it was kind of a natural fit to sort of head, head down children's gifts and children's toys, which is just something that I've always, always really loved. And lots of your toys are wooden toys, aren't they? Why did you go with wooden children's toys? Well, two reasons, really. I love the kind of heirloom idea of them. Well, my parents, they do keep everything, actually. But um, my mum's got some lovely toys from our childhood or from her own childhood, even. Um, and my kids have loved playing with those and getting out all the old toys. And so I just love the fact that wooden toys can be passed down, siblings, even to children, to grandchildren, and just the longevity of them. And also, I just think that there is a big shift away from so much plastic and just looking for slightly more sustainable toys and gifts. And also, there's a nice thing about having wooden toys around that's not quite so garish as lots of bright-coloured, noisy plastic items that we all have had in our own childhood. So you think that it's a bit more tasteful, is it, having uh, wooden gifts as well? I do, yeah, I do. People quite often buy stuff for me and they, they say, oh, yeah, my kid will love it, but 
it will look really nice on the shelf in the you know in the nursery and things like that so um i do think there's an element of, of a taste to it as well yeah okay and so the challenge we're going to look at today is sales on instagram so yeah. you are showing up and posting regularly on Instagram, but you're Mm -hmm. not making as many sales as you would like to. So can you talk a little bit about what's going on? I've built up a really nice community on Instagram. What I love about it is the support of like other small businesses. It's a massive community that I've discovered on there. And I love it. I've always done regular things like I'll do a Friday feature, a live video, you know, every week where I show a toy in a bit more detail. And people always say to me, oh, I love that. I love watching that video and all things like that. So I always get really nice feedback. People, you know, if I meet them at markets, fairs, events, things like that, they'll always comment on some posts that they've seen of mine or a video. But in terms of directly getting sales through, it just doesn't seem to really happen. You don't get that thing where, you know, you post a lovely picture of, one of the wooden toys and then you see an influx of, of people looking at that that particular toy. I just don't seem to get that same follow through in that way. Okay. And do you take your own product picks or have you had any taken professionally? It's a bit of both. So I do take my own. I also have had a couple of uh, photo shoots with professional photographers and also I've sent a couple of bits to um, people who I know have really lovely Instagram feeds and, and have them, you know, take some pictures for me. And also you get with some of the toys that I buy from suppliers, they supply you with uh, lifestyle imagery that you can use as well, which are professional shots. So it's a mix. Okay. So I think I can see immediately what you need to change, but you need to see it through your eyes. I think somebody can tell us what it is that we need to change about something. But unless we can see it for ourselves, it can be really difficult to grasp what it is. So what I want you to do, and if you're listening along, I want you to, and if you can, as long as you're not driving or doing anything (laughs) dangerous, (laughs) I'd love you just to go to Happy Cat Kids and have a look with me and Rachel, if you're somewhere safe where you can scroll, because you might see it too. And this will help you if you're trying to grow your Instagram. So the thing I often say is that your Instagram, it's like the magazine of your business. And those top nine posts in particular. So when I say the top nine, I mean, the first ones that people see when they stop by your account. Yeah, they're like a magazine. So if you imagine walking into like WH Smiths or another station, if you're not in the UK, and you haven't heard of (laughs) WH Smiths. And it's like picking a magazine off the shelf. And if you imagine yourself standing in a news agents, there's magazines on the shelf and they've got a picture, they've got headlines and you're going to make a decision about whether you put that magazine in your basket, whether those headlines, that content appeals to you, whether you want to open it up and look inside just based on what's on the cover. That's why the cover is so important. And your Instagram grid is exactly like that. So even if someone sees one of your posts and they think, oh, they have a look at it, They'll go to your grid and they'll see the whole thing. They'll see the magazine and they'll make a decision subconsciously. They probably don't even know they're doing it, whether they want to follow. So what I want you to do is to describe to me as we're looking now. So if you're listening to this in the future, we might be quite a few posts further down, but but have a look. So can you just talk me row by row what you can see? So I'm looking at the top left one is pink. 
So can you talk me through the the top nine posts as quickly as you can? Because other other people can't see them like (laughs) we can right now. Sure. Okay. So the top post at the moment is a quote, which I do every Monday. It's like a little motivation, Monday motivation quote. The second one is advertising a free download that I created for people with children who've got kids starting school this September. It's like a fill-in printable booklet. The next post shows some of the back-to-school items. The next post on from that, I've been on holiday for the last two weeks, so I haven't posted as as much as I have. So the next post is from my holiday, just letting people know that I'm still here, but on a bit of a break. Then we've got one of our uh, lion teddies, which is a recyclable, uh, made from recycled bottles teddy, which was in line with the World Lion Day. It's a lion teddy. Then we've got the next one, which is an article that I had published in Simply Unique magazine with that. Then underneath that, we've got a post that, again, just says I'm going to be off sort of off for a couple of weeks. So orders will be a little bit delayed. So a bit of an information post. Then we've got one with some of our lovely ragdolls. And then we're back to another Monday Motivation post. Okay, so I want you to try and step outside yourself for the moment. And yep. just imagine that you're somebody that's just looking at this for the first time. Yeah. And this is your magazine, if you like. And they're trying to make a decision as to whether they want to follow this account. Do they want to see more? Because that's mm-hmm. the first step before people buy. It's like, do I want to be part of this world? Like, what's here for me? Like, why would I hang around? So share your thoughts with me. Just looking at those top nine at the moment. What are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing it's a bit of a mismatch. <laughs> it's a difficult one because I guess I, I sort of use my social feeds for for passing on information as well so I guess there's things there you know telling people that I'm going away stuff like that which perhaps you know is not necessarily showing the products I sell but sort of giving information but I guess when you look at it as those nine posts it does look like a bit of a mash mash up (laughs) yeah and if I scroll down yeah, a little bit further to the next nine, uh, and I'll just share what I can see. So I can see a lovely, lovely little girl who might be one of your children with uh, blonde hair, and I can see another lovely little toddler holding a, a teddy. I haven't got my glasses on, so it's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, I can see some a child, I think, in a paddling pool. Have a look at this nine. Yeah, and tell me what you what you see again. Try and put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's just coming here for the first time. Okay. So here I'm seeing I'm seeing more gifts, children's gifts, I guess, here. You've got um, a children's umbrella, a dinosaur teddy, a little baby gift box, a wooden toy, another wooden toy. So I'm probably seeing more of what might be here, I think. But do you feel that you're seeing a shop or do you see you're seeing some children holding or playing, <laughs> playing some toys? Yeah, it's probably the second one. <laughs> You've got to communicate it to people so obviously, because if I look at this and like you said, it looks a bit, it's a bit of a mishmash. I'm not really sure what it is. Then I'm probably just going to subconsciously decide it's a personal account and scroll on. So yeah. that's number one is mm-hmm. we need to get this looking like a, a shop. Yeah. And there's a couple of things to consider there about photography, which we'll talk about in a sec. Number one though, what your brand colors yeah, so the pink that you see on the background of most of the, like on the quotes and back and the borders of some of it, that pink is sort of the main colour that I use. And I also do use sometimes, like I tend to use sort of pastel colours. So there's a sort of 
a brownie pink. <laughs> I can't really explain what the color is, but that I use. And then also, yeah, some other sort of pale pastel shades. Yeah. So that's the very first thing to get consistent. So Instagram, people often think it has to be consistently pretty, like it has to look gorgeous. Mm. I mean, it doesn't. I think for product-based businesses, actually the products do need to look nice. It does need to be consistent. There's that pink definitely is coming through and the white, Mm -hmm. but there's no sort of pattern. And I'm not saying it has to be a kind of really rigorous. I do dark light on mine just because I find it easy to follow. I'm not saying it has to be like that at all, but it's just having that consistency and also consistency with fonts as well, because I'm seeing a few different fonts going on. And if you have any budget to invest, this is where I would get a professional designer, even just to create your style kit for you. So you are only ever using two or three colors. You're only ever using a couple of fonts, maybe maximum three, but you're really clear on when you use them. If you're wondering what I mean when I talk about Instagram patterns, here's a quick explainer. Your Instagram account doesn't have to be pretty, but it does need to be consistent. Otherwise, when people land on your page, they won't get why they should follow you. There are lots of different types of aesthetics, photo-led, video-led, memes and quote-led, checkerboard, which is what I mean when I say I alternate dark and light images. I do have a couple of episodes on this and I'll link to them in the show notes. I'm trying to think of um, toy shops. It's been a while, but early learning centres, does it still does it still exist, early learners? Is it, is it, is I think it they've gone online now. Yeah, they've gone, the shops have gone, but I think there is So, uh, you think about something like, I think, Hawkins Bazaar, or there's yeah. another one, The Entertainer, I think. What makes them look professional is that the logo and the branding and the colours, they're always the same. Like mm. on Early Learning Centre, you wouldn't get a day when they just think, do you know what, we're just going to introduce a little bit of yellow <laughs> because we feel yellow yeah. today. It's green and white, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I can't remember with the entertainer, it's sort of those bright colours, but yeah. they don't mess around with it. They don't suddenly kind of introduce a colour. The branding is absolutely consistent and mm. you're not going to see anything different. And I think you may well feel, well, this is my kind of part-time business. Maybe I'm running alongside my kids. But remember that you're competing with, first of all, those big brands who are very consistent, but also smaller brands who have actually just nailed this. And so mm. there, if you go to their Instagram accounts, and you can probably think of some examples, they just mm. look good. And that phrase you used earlier when you said, like, people say they're really nice and they just want to put them on their shelves. <laughs> yeah. That's huge to buy a product, even as a gift. You've got to desire it. You've got to think, oh, yeah, I'd love to buy that for my daughter or I'd love to buy that for my son or my friend's son. That just looks really nice. And I think that's because it's there's no that there's not a consistency in the photography. There's not the consistency in the colors and the fonts. One, we're not really sure what kind of account it is. So you're missing out there. Mm. But two, the it's got to look good unfortunately. And it's got to look like, wow, I want that on my shelf. Or I'm going to feel good about giving that to my friend because she's going to think, oh, she's got such an amazing taste. You've got amazing products that look Mm. lovely, but that's not coming across on your feed. So I know this probably sounds quite direct and harsh, and and, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I I promise with product-based businesses, it's the number one thing because people don't buy stuff, products that they don't 
desire or kind of want to have you know we buy useful stuff like boring yeah. stuff but even boring stuff has to look nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. you've got to make people think wow I really want to see that doll sitting on my daughter's bed or mm. I can see that on her shelf I can see how lovely that would look so is that making sense so far yeah yeah so that's the first thing is and if you have any budget I really would really would advise you to invest in getting a a professional designer just to even just create you a basic style kit to follow and maybe to create some Instagram patterns for you to follow as okay, well. Yeah. There's a difference between something that you or I could knock up in Canva that looks mm-hmm. all right. And obviously what a a toy shop like Early Learning Center or Hawkins Bazaar or Entertainer, you know, they've got massive budgets, haven't they? So they can <laughs> yeah, yeah. amazing. But equally there are independent retailers who sell products who make it look good. The other thing is quality photography. And again, it comes back to that desiring things. If you look at your account now, what would you rate yourself in terms of desire? What would you give yourself out of 10 in terms of, I want that in my home? Mm, I think, yeah, probably. I mean, some of them are higher, some of the images, but I guess overall, it's probably maybe a a six or seven. I'm going to be really tough with you here. (laughs) And I would put it a lot lower. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm hoping you're going to thank me for this later on. And if you're listening to this in future, you're going to look. I think it's not that you've not got nice photos or you've, or you've not got nice photography. It's just about how you put them together. And okay. hands up, I don't know how to do it. I see people's photographs on Instagram. I don't know if you're the same. And I think, wow, I just love the way that you've put those pictures together. They look really good together. So I think the thing with photographs as well, it isn't just about having one-off photographs. It's about having how they look together. Because you could have those ragdolls, they actually look really lovely, but they're surrounded by things which don't look as attractive. If they were part of a, a pattern that had been thought about they would look at a lot better a couple of other things and I know this is probably hard to hear and you probably but it will it's the biggest game changer for products I promise you is is getting okay. it all looking looking nice things like your the magazine thing I mean they look beautiful I can see those products I can just see how amazing your it could look just mm-hmm. looking at that that picture there yeah um is as a consumer, I don't really care whether you've been in a magazine. I know that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. But you being in a magazine is like, yeah, whatever. I don't actually care that much. And I say that as somebody who worked in the press and used to teach mm. people how to get press coverage. But your average consumer, yeah, in your stories, they might like to see you talking about being featured in a magazine. It might be yeah. interesting. But yeah. actually, is it going to make them buy? You've got beautiful products, but that would be the first thing is to get that consistency going on the colours, the fonts, get some kind of pattern going. And if you need to bring in some help, mm. I can guarantee you, you will make that money back because you will sell more just because yeah. everything looks better. So is this making sense so far, even if it's probably yeah. feeling a bit tough? <laughs> I thought about cutting this exchange from the podcast, partly because I'd never want to make anyone feel embarrassed. And by the way, I don't think anyone should feel embarrassed because we've all been beginners and we've all hit roadblocks with our content that we've had to work through. There is really nothing to be embarrassed about. But also from a selfish point of view, because I know you might think I sound harsh and overly critical. It might even put you off working with me. I decided to leave it in because I care about helping people get great results from their content. And while it might have been hard for Rachel to hear this, I feel it would be dishonest and out of integrity for me not to share that. 
just because I'm worried about what other people think or because of my fears that me being honest might put some people off working with me. And this isn't just about Rachel, it's about you. In my experience, both product and service-based business owners vastly underestimate the power of visual content and how it impacts on your prospective customers or clients and how likely someone is to buy from you or not, as the case may be. And ultimately, this podcast is not about me. It's about you and helping you to get the best results. Do you think that with the images, when I post like an image, do you think that they need... Because I I've, I sort of toyed with this and back, if you scroll further behind, I have t- tried using sort of borders and stuff. Like, do you think they're okay once you get the images right to just have the image on its own? Or do you think everything should have unified border or have the logo on it or, or something like that? I think that the pictures, if they're good pictures, they're better on their own. We want to elevate it. I think that's, we want to, I don't know if you think about any boutiques. There used to be a a shop. I I live fairly near to Blackheath in South East London. And there used to be this shop. If anyone lives in that area, you might remember. And it was called, I think it was called Sisters and Daughters. And you just went into this shop (laughs) and you you just wanted to buy everything because Mm. it just looks gorgeous. And I don't know if you can think about a boutique or a children's toy shop that you know, where you just go in there and you're like, I want to buy everything in here. And the products, if you put them in another shop, you could put them in a pound shop and no one would buy them. But it's because they're just so beautifully arranged. Do you know of any independent shops where they sell toys and you think, oh, I love the way... That's the vibe you're looking for, basically. Is yeah. That kind of aspirational vibe, if that makes sense. No, that does. It does make sense. Yeah. So it's about really showing off the products. Are there any competitors that you think to yourself, oh, it's so annoying because their stuff looks amazing and they seem to make loads of sales and have a look at what they're doing and yeah. see, are there any that come to mind? You don't have to tell me what they are in here. But like, <laughs> are there any that come to mind? That yeah, you yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do tend to, to sort of follow a lot of other businesses and stuff. That, that sort of is what my <laughs> Instagram feed is full of. So yeah, I do sort of see ones that seem to be doing it well. So it's about almost giving yourself some time. Like I am officially giving you permission to spend time just looking and actually mm. making notes. I think if you look at some other accounts, like what is it that they're doing? How are they putting those photographs together to make yeah. them look stunning? It's probably all tough stuff to hear, but it is the biggest game changer for product product businesses. I sell a product, so I sell a, a content planner. And mm. it's, I guess it's different in a sense that it's functional, but yeah. people buy it just because it looks nice. Yeah. So, so we do invest in nice photography. I've just had some uh, promo shots done of me with the product holding it. Even with the planet, even though it's a practical thing, if people don't want to see it on the desk, if they, you know, if they don't think, oh, that Mm. looks lovely, I'd love to, that would look great in my desk. I'd love to just be at a meeting and pull that out my bag. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're, that's what we aim for. What we're doing actually this year is we're, we're getting somebody to come and do a shoot with us and kind of show us how to do it so that we've got skills. And that might be something else to think about actually is, is because it's expensive to keep having professional shoots. But if you could learn how to do, if you can learn some simple tricks to make your products look amazing. I mean, that's, that's Mm. a skill that will pay for itself over and over again. And yeah, that's that's true. I have quite a sort of fast turnaround of like new stock. So it's really difficult because every time I get some nice pictures, then I've changed 
stock and then got new products and then I've got to start all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you've got Christmas coming up. So yeah. So yeah, we we always do photography where we, you know, we'll have a bit of tinsel and bauble, you know, we'll yeah. make ourselves look a bit Christmassy. And obviously you've got that coming up too, because mm-hmm. we're recording this in August. So it's yep. an opportunity for you to to start to you know, if you can learn those skills, it's going to save you a lot of money. And it's just more convenient as, as well, not having to yeah, wait for definitely. somebody. So that's yeah. something else to think about. I want okay. to talk, if it's okay, a little bit about how you use the rest. Because we've, we've focused really on your grip, but I think that is yeah. really important. Yeah. Because you're an independent business, obviously people do want to know about you. And they mm-hmm. want to know the person behind the business. So I'm looking at your reels and they look really nice. And actually, your products look like some of the pictures on the reels look nicer than your grid, which is... Um, <laughs> which is... Is really interesting. And so definitely carry on with the reels. What have yeah. you found worked best for you in terms of the kind of reels that you've created? Simple ones, actually. Like really simple things. Like one of my best performing reels, I think, I think if you can see it, it's on the top line, it's had like 7,000 views so far, much more than any of the others. And it is literally just like me showing one of the rag dolls or yeah. just like the soundtrack. It was like a funny song about saying, I can't even remember. It was like the text was, your kid will want one of these or something. And then the music is, don't say I didn't warn you. And it's really simple. And that, yeah, so stuff like that, uh, things that I spend ages on. I did one when there was the Friends TV reunion. I did like a <laughs> recreation of Friends using the dolls. And it took me absolutely ages. And that one got barely any views. If you haven't heard of Instagram Reels, they're short, engaging 15 or 30 second videos. Sub users now have a minute as I'm recording this in August 2021. I have a number of episodes on Instagram Reels, including a tutorial on how to create them, and I will link to those in the show notes. In the next section, you'll hear me and Rachel talk about putting covers on your Reels. This is because as I'm recording this, and it may well change in the future, you can either just post your videos in your reel section or on your main grid, which means anyone who lands on your page can see your reel. If you're not posting your Instagram reels on your grid, you are missing eyes on your content. This can make your grid look and feel a bit messy. If you do care about your Instagram aesthetic like I do, that can really bother you. But you can add covers so you can add a a screenshot of your product or or yourself if you're talking on the video. Or you can create covers using a design tool like Canva, which are in keeping with the rest of your grid. And I would definitely recommend that you do that. I think it's really good that you're experimenting though, because the only way to find out what's going to land with people is to experiment and try things. And I'm really glad that you did that. It doesn't mean that that kind of stuff won't work in the future. And are you putting your reels in your Instagram feed? Or you, yeah. 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 So I tried to do, I'll either do like a cover image for the grid or a still that kind of works. If you can come up with a cover that works for your feed and looks nice, but also looks nice in your reels, then that just keeps that consistency um, going. I can see that you've tried to do some things which are about, you know, tips on finding toys. And is there Mm -hmm. any sort of thing that you found on that kind of more educational content? Are there any types of posts that have worked particularly well? Yeah, I've done sort of like top five, uh, my top five gifts for like different age groups. Um, They've always had sort of good views and, and comments and stuff, but it's hard to know whether they've translated directly into sales. Um, mm-hmm. It's difficult with Instagram because people often sort of absorb the content, I think, don't they? And it's not, if you do sort of a reel like that, I find that people just kind of absorb that for, it just sort of goes in the bank as that's information. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure then like makes them, oh, I must 
quickly click and buy that. Exactly. And I find it's a slightly different thing, but when I make, if I do say a, a post about a new podcast episode and put it on my grid, like my team will always be like, why don't you just do those posts that everybody else does when you have a picture of a podcast coming up? Because they don't really work that well <laughs> because people yeah. are just like, like you said, they're just like, yeah, yeah, that sounds helpful. Yeah, I might look at that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I'm always trying to do is to try and grab people's attention and then say, oh, and by the way, I've got this thing to look at. And I think it's probably the same for you. I also think that you could bring out, so the first question I asked you actually was about, you know, why do you want to sell these toys? And I think people, they buy into you mm. and they buy into like what you stand for. And mm. what you said at the beginning, it was lovely what you said. You said, I love wooden toys because I just love the fact that they can be passed down through generations. And I love the fact that I've still got toys that my my mum's toys. I did a post recently, which was where it was, I think it was Plastic Three Week. And I just okay. asked people like, what's your top tip on not using plastic? What's your you know, top top tips that, that, that you think everybody knows, but maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved it. They got really involved because I think the kind of people that, I attract in my audience are the kind of people who care about that kind of thing. Yeah. If they were all rampant consumers who didn't care, you know, yeah. just had, you know, but they are, my feeling is they're the kind of people that do actually really care about how they use resources and reusing and recycling. And my sense is that you've probably got those people in your audience as well, who are not just interested in that they're interested in talking about those issues and, and, and also like, when I, my daughter was small, I really hated party bags. Like I was, just, oh, yeah. they really wound me up. And my daughter used to be so embarrassed because I used to buy, I used to buy those book, you know, the book club I used to oh, buy. Oh yeah. And no, every child used to get a book and she'd be like, why can't we just give party bags? I said, because it's just a waste. Like you bring it home. It's a load of plastic tat and it goes in the bin. It wound me up from a kind of waste point of view. I was like, it's just yeah. such a waste. And actually, if you give a child a book, they'll have that for years and they can reread it. And that was probably me sounding a bit pious but you know what I mean it's, but, no, but it's, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's about your sort of values that's what, what I'm, where I'm getting to actually is is that it feels like your audience they will share that your values and there's an environmental aspect to it but also there's there's like a there's some topics there which I don't think you've talked about about you know why do we buy kids so many toys like I was watching a documentary about Britain's largest families the other day and and they were saying like they these people had loads and loads of kids and how they had 300 presents. Kids don't actually need that many presents, do they? And no. I feel like there's some issues that you could talk about and some conversations that you could start and your reels and your stories will be a good place to start those yeah. conversations, which bring people to you because they like what you stand for. Like you're about, hey, let's not go and buy another plastic toy. Mm-hmm. Let's maybe spend a little bit more money on a wooden toy that's going to last and it can be passed down from child to child and maybe it can even be passed generation to generation does that make sense yeah it does yeah and it feels like there's more content that you could create around that if that, I mean it is does that feel like that chimes yeah. with your beliefs no it really does yeah and, and I've, I've not really thought about that about using sort of reels in that way actually I mean I do I've spoken about that I've you know I have a blog on my website and I've probably done a bit of blog content on that kind of thing but yeah um, I haven't really thought about doing reels around that so that's yeah that could be really good there's four types of content that I suggest everybody does but you Mm -hmm. may find that one of them tends to land and you end up creating more 
of one than the other. So the first is educate, which is what you were doing about, you know, here's the best wooden toys yeah. or here's the best toys for different age groups. People don't always want to be educated. Sometimes they want to be inspired. So perhaps you might be sharing some tips on how to not rack up so much plastic tat if you've got kids or whatever or how to say no to party bags or or (laughs) alternatives that you can give inspire people by saying hey it's okay to to get annoyed about this stuff so the other type would be news and trends so that's where you're hooking on to stuff that's happening that's relevant to what you do so it could be you keep an eye out and maybe you see little Prince Harry or something, little Prince Harry, what's he called? Mm. George, Prince George, George thing, yeah. playing with a wooden toy. And you're like, oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Or, or maybe McDonald's announced that they're not going to be putting plastic toys in Happy Meals anymore. Mm-hmm. I see you're talking about things like school holidays and things like that. But yeah. actually, what about schools? I mean, just schools waste a lot, a lot of stuff, don't they? And mm-hmm. send kids home with a lot of stuff they don't need. Yeah, that's very um, true. So... <laughs> It's about making it more relevant to what you do. And the other types, so we've had educate, inspire, news, news and trends. And so yeah. community is about making people feel part of your community and people feel part of the community when they have shared values. So again, it's like, could you, here's just a few ideas for you, but you know, could you start a bit of a movement, a hashtag campaign, say no to plastic? I mean, it's got it's got to feel real for you. Like, yeah, if it doesn't feel like something you would naturally be championing, you. But mm. you could have a, your own hashtags, which were about, yeah, say no to plastic or to um, you know buy less plastic or. And do, does that do they feel like the kind of things that you yeah. could start to talk about? Does it feel yeah, like it fits it with your values? Yeah, it does. I d- I guess my my only question around that would be how I then make that content look nice on my feed. <laughs> So that's just about covers. So you can take a nice picture of your products and put yep. a cover on it, basically. If you can come up with a pattern, mm-hmm. you could have some where you are just using a graphic, um, yep. which, which has the title. You see on some of mine, it's just really plain. It just has yeah. like the title and, and, and it's just the colors. The colors are consistent. Mm-hmm. You could literally just have the title. So, you know, how to say no to plastic gifts or you know how to say no to party bags or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then my own, own personal mission here. But yeah, you, you can <laughs> you can still make it look nice in your feed. It's just about having a plan. So if you're like, well, this is my plan. Yeah. And this is the kind of pattern that I that I follow. As I say, if you can get a little bit of help, I, I'm sure it would pay for itself a million mm-hmm. times over just to get somebody to look at it for you. When you're selling products on Instagram, I think you have to stop thinking about you selling products. What you're doing is you're building a community around your products. And communities, I mean, unless they're really obsessed with certain types of products like Pokemon cards or something. (laughs) (laughs) But um, communities are generally built on these values and people who believe the same thing. What might be helpful for you to do after this call is to go and write down happy cat kids. What does it stand for? Like, what are the three things? A happy cat customer Mm. believes yeah I think there's definitely an element of supporting small businesses I think a lot of my customers that is one of the main reasons why they buy from me yeah um is just about that supporting independent and local businesses so I think that is definitely a big value for most most of the people and then again I think it's around I think it's about beautiful gifts I think it is Mm. around that idea of of buying things that just need that just lovely gifts to to give that look mm. lovely to give and made to last like yeah quality quality over quality. quantity absolutely yeah. yeah so these bit of people who wouldn't be in the pound shop filling up their no. basket yeah they're people they'd rather spend a bit more for something that looks good and lasts I think yeah quality yeah so I think spending a bit of time just actually 
a happy cat kids customer what what do they believe they believe in supporting small businesses that's huge we were just talking about my planner actually and my planner is more expensive than others on the market and one of the reasons is because I don't get it printed in China I did some content about this last year about the fact that we support a number of UK businesses it's all manufactured in the UK I think I could send it over to China and get them done for like next to nothing but then I've got no control over the quality if there's a problem then you know so it's it's about thinking about I feel like my customers would vibe with that Whereas there's other people who'd be like, well, I don't care. I just want a cheap diary. You know, they're not my customers. Mm -hmm. So it's about you really understanding what what they they stand for. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm doing a lot more talking than I normally do. (laughs) Um, I'm not, and and but I hope it's helpful because I just I just feel like this is a it's it's more of a shift of how you approach it. The content Mm -hmm. will fall into place. I think when you understand who are these people and what do they value, and I think we've we've uncovered that. Yeah. The other thing I just wanted to talk about was mm-hmm. about your stories. Okay. Because people love nostalgia. <laughs> love, love, yeah. love. We were talking, I was talking to my daughter yesterday. She was like, why did you used to take me to the toy museum all the time when I was a kid? <laughs> and I was like, well, one, because it wasn't really big like the science museum and it wasn't too overwhelming. But because it's just fun looking at old toys, isn't it? And Definitely. Yeah. People love talking about toys that they had when they were a kid. And mm-hmm. So when you mentioned earlier that you're that you still had some of your mum's toys. Mm-hmm. I thought like that could be a whole stream of content where you could share some of those. You could do some videos mm. where you share what you've got and why you value it. And then you ask other people, your community to share. Maybe they haven't got anything and they feel really sad about it. So mm. is that something you think you could explore? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think that would be a really good idea. And what have you got that your that your mum's uh, <gasps> Oh, well, my own toys, all my Slovenian families, they were yeah. my big thing that um, my children now all play with. And I've rate my rainbow bright teddies, things like that. And then from from my own childhood, I think, and previous to that, we've got all the weebles, the original weebles <laughs> at my yeah. mum's house. The kids love playing with those. Car garages that were built by a neighbour <laughs> in their wooden like carpentry shop. <laughs> Yeah, all sorts of things like that. And then my mum, we've got like my grandma's original China doll that came from India, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, some really, some really lovely things, actually. It feels like there's a real story to be told here and people aren't actually mm. hearing your, there's a real genuine story about why you do what you do. Yeah. And I think people would really resonate with you sharing more posts about that and Again, I don't think your grid is always the right place no. for those, but stories, reels, you could yeah. do, you know, try a series of reels where you where you just show people. Yeah, you said you got your best views on one where you were just showing people one of your current yeah. products, but if you yeah. shared them, you know, um, and also why you stock, what you stock. There was yeah. another thing that, that I thought was interesting as well, your rag dolls. Yeah. You, you've got a, a, a black uh, rag doll mm. and... Mm. I wondered if that was a topic that I picked that up just from looking at your feed. Yeah. I'm assuming it's important to you to make sure that the children they're bought for can see themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that I think is um, that toy manufacturers are getting much, much better at now about having a a wider range of of dolls. um, And yeah, so no, it is massively important. That's one of the things that was really drew me to that range of rag dolls. They've got a lovely 
black doll and an Indian doll. And also I sell one that's a boy, a ragdoll boy, which is really important to me as well, because I'm always looking for stuff that is, you know, suitable for boys and girls. Was Traditionally, so many toys that both genders would love are so girly in their design mm. that it puts people off buying them for their sons. So we've had, I've had a lot of people when they've bought the the boy rag doll saying it's lovely because they want their son to have a doll, but it feels just a little bit nicer to be able to give them a boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's about looking out for things in the news. So you mm-hmm. might see a story about how Barbie has, mm. every year Barbie have new Barbies, don't they? So maybe this yeah. year they've got a, I don't know, some kind of new new thing that's either people are outraged about or they're really happy mm-hmm. about. Or it might be about picking up on stories where t- toy retailers aren't being diverse and mm-hmm. asking people what, what they think. I think the boys and dolls is a really good thing. One yeah. other bit of advice I would give you, mm-hmm. this is my secret source, I can't believe giving it away, but <laughs> Mumsnet. Mom, Spend yeah. some time on Mumsnet just looking at what people say about buying toys and you will probably find a whole whole host of other things that you could talk about Mm. and what people obviously they want to see beautiful pictures of your products but they want to they also want to get to know you and like the why behind the business and it feels like there's some definitely you know why like buying from you feels like it could be the right thing to do because you stand for the things that I stand for there's probably more topics we haven't even touched on around toys Mm. and just look on mum's at what people say annoys mm. them. Right? I'm sure you'll see party bags. I'm sure you'll see. Yeah. I, I hate the fact that all these dolls are, are white or I hate the fact that, you know, somebody said something mean to my son. Maybe you've got some stories of your own about that, about, mm. um, I don't know if you've got daughters or, 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 or whether you've got a son, but, you know, about somebody making a comment about what they were wearing or not playing with dolls or, you know, and, mm. and people really care about that kind of stuff. So those beautiful pictures that you've got, yeah. you could talk about the fact that, actually what drew you to that range was the fact mm. that there's an, a, a black ragdoll, there's a an Indian one. I've talked about this in the podcast before. As a white British person, I feel mm. nervous about talking talking about yeah, this because I'm saying the wrong thing. Does that make you feel worried at all about 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 going to those sort of topics? Yeah, I guess a little bit like you. I'm I'm conscious that I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to you know use wrong terminology or something, you know, and I don't want to offend anybody. But then at the same time I think if we all go around worrying too much, then we don't say anything and then that's worse. So yeah. I kind of think like it's better to, maybe that's the whole, that maybe that's the subject in itself actually. <laughs> no. In terms of like, it's better to try and say something about it and maybe get it wrong, but yeah. at least and you, address it. You can acknowledge that in your content. You can say, look, yeah. I'm aware of the fact that I'm, I, I might say something if I say something that upsets or offends somebody because I'm coming at this from my own white British mm. perspective, mm. then please mm. feel free to DM call me, me, out, on call me yeah. out on it. Um, <laughs> but I do think this is important and it's something that I do bear in mind. I think, again, it sets you apart from your competitors because your business isn't just about you flogging stuff to people. You actually care about the products. You care mm. about, you know, when I go to early learning center, which I don't because it's now online and I haven't been people <laughs> But they don't care, do they? They just want to sell me a load of plastic too. But actually, I'd much rather buy from somebody who has who has chosen that range of dolls for that reason, because that seems to me like somebody who actually cares about Mm. their products, and that is, I think, what people will will buy into. 
I do feel like I've talked more than I normally normally would, but I had <laughs> I just had so much to say that I thought I could help you with. But um, what what are the key takeaways for you? So I guess the massive thing I think for me is is more planning on the whole. I mean, I plan in terms of oh I'll post about this and I'll post about that, but I don't tend to think about sort of my grid feed as a whole and you know what this looks like next to that one and that sort of thing. So I think that's a massive takeaway for me is to to look at that and then organize. I'm going to try and do... Because I, I do always have like Say, for example, that Monday motivation on a Monday. So I'm always going to have that one, which is a pink with the quote and stuff. So I'm going to think more about the actual pattern, I think, of them all so that that flows along with the others. Uh, so, you know, and make a lot more thought into that. Um, and then really, it's more about more Reels content, I think, for me. And just getting a bit more into... Yeah, my telling my story a bit more in reels and and allowing people sort of see other sides of of the business and and see into sort of reasons behind things. And yeah, and I'm really excited to go back in all the on the nostalgia of all the old toys as well. I'm definitely gonna go go get some of those out, dig out my mum's cupboards. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's so much there. And I I would say with your Monday motivation as well, I would say don't Mm. be don't be afraid to drop it because Okay. With quotes, it can feel like a really easy win. Okay, I'm just going to plan a quote. And, yeah. You know, but actually, is it getting you the engagement? Is it getting you the sales? It might be better to do a reel where mm. I think sometimes we can think, well, that's easy content. But I see a lot of quotes. I'm going to do a masterclass on this later in the year. A quote really has to stop you in the feed. It has to hit you right in the guts. And that yeah. actually takes quite a lot of time to, to mm. find quotes that really hit people in the guts and make them stop. So if you are going to carry on with Monday Motivation, maybe I think you can do better. I think you can do something which is more creative. And mm. it could be about you using Monday to for you to tackle an issue or talk about something that's a bit taboo. Like, you know, mm. how do I tell that woman I don't want a party bag? Or, you know, yeah. or, or like, what do I say to that person who says my son shouldn't be carrying a dot? Like, Mm. If you are going to do quotes, I'd say let's just move it up a notch and make them more specific and, and and see like because you know what it's like when you you're looking at quotes in your feed, mm-hmm. it really has to it has to almost like wind you because to, yeah. to make you stop. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know. And I think that for mums, and that sounds like it's your audience, often mm. the topics that really resonate are judgment from other mums for working not working yeah having a business not having a business for dressing your children like this for putting them Mm. in clubs for not putting them in too many clubs given everything you've shared with me I think you can do things which are a lot more hard not hard hitting but will make Mm. people stop in the feed and the Mm. thing about sales isn't it interesting we haven't actually really talked about sales at all (laughs) 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 there was one more thing I wanted to share with you actually is that if you're doing, if you've got all of this stuff covered, you know who you are, you know who your audience is, and mm-hmm. they desire your products, you don't actually need to do that many sales posts because people will just be like, well, where do I buy? I love this stuff. I, you know, they will be asking you. People actually do enjoy buying, especially beautiful stuff. The mm-hmm. only other thing I would say, and having a product, and obviously I only have one product to sell, I can understand it must be a lot more challenging when you've got lots of products and you're trying mm-hmm. to work out what to, what to promote when, but having a bit more build up and excitement. So with my diary, for example, we do the, we get people to vote on covers and there's so much build up before people can buy the product. And I feel like you could probably get more, yeah. you know, like your Christmas range or something. Like yeah. People really excited about it so that they're like saying to you, like, 
what day when's it coming out Mm. out? I mean I can't buy it until that day (laughs) (laughs) like kind of making it feel a bit more exclusive because if people feel like they can buy anytime there's always tomorrow isn't there This is such an important episode. In fact, I feel like it's one of the most important episodes I've shared because it highlights something I feel most small business owners overlook with their content, the power of visual branding. And if you don't believe me, compare a budget shop like TK Maxx with something a bit more upmarket like Ted Baker. Intentional branding can make all the difference in how people perceive your brand and how much they're willing to pay for your products or services and even whether they're willing to buy them at all. Your customers or clients are making all sorts of unconscious judgments about you and your business every time they look at any of your visual content online. In fact, they probably don't even know that they're doing it. Free design tools like Canva are great, but visual design is a skill. There is a reason why people get qualified and take degrees in design. If you're not a designer, and believe me, I've been there, it can be hard to see the difference between something you've knocked up in a free design tool like Canva and what a professional designer could create for you. The reason you can't see it is because you're not a designer. Investing in a professional designer to get the basics in place for you, colors, fonts, logo, can make all the difference. If you have budget to spend on anything, this is the number one thing I would recommend you invest in. If you're a product-based business, Ignore this advice at your peril. It could literally cost you thousands, tens of thousands, millions even in sales. This episode also highlights the importance of understanding the why behind your products and services and the values behind what you do. Because if people share your values, they will be much more likely to want to buy from you. If you're struggling to make sales on social media, start with the exercise I gave to Rachel. Write down three things that characterize your ideal customer or client in terms of their beliefs, attitudes, and values. Then take a look at your visual branding. And when you take a look with fresh eyes, you may be surprised at what you notice. A big thank you to Rachel for taking part in this podcast. It's not an easy thing to do to be vulnerable and to be coached live. And I really appreciate that. And if you'd like to connect with Rachel and have a look at some of her lovely products, she's over on Happy Cat Kids on Instagram. Would you like to create super engaging content about your business and do it consistently? If so, you need my Courageous Content Planner in your life. It's a gorgeous A4 desk diary that's so simple to use because it's based on my 4x4 strategy, which involves posting four styles of content four days a week. Yes, content planning really can be that easy. There's templates for daily, weekly, monthly and annual planning so you know exactly what to post, where and when plus hundreds of ready-to-go content ideas and prompts. So you'll never run out of ideas for social media posts again. And accountability trackers to keep you consistent with your posting. The Courageous Content Planner is both practical and pretty, with four gorgeous cover designs to choose from. So if you want to ditch the content overwhelm and you want a simple content plan you can actually stick to, head over to CourageousContentPlanner.com to order your copy today. Thanks for listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media. That way, more people can benefit from the free tips and strategies I share. And be sure to tag me in when you do. I'm at Jan Murray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.